Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and the topic today is how to achieve sustainable online success by keeping it simple, and my guest today is David Emmons. Now, David Emmons has been an artist for decades, selling his copper and stained glass hanging water gardens at the most prestigious art festivals in the country. He spent over 30 years of his life setting up and tearing down more shows than he can count. He spent countless days sitting in the rain. He's felt the disappointment of merely breaking even after a grueling week on the road. And discouraged, he sipped the wheat coffee. <laughs> wheat coffee, normally it's so bad. I've tried coffee for other people making. Normally it's like, oh, my God, what is this stuff? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Listen to the roar. And I don't even like coffee, but when you get bad coffee, even I know it. He's listened to the roar of generators or repetitive Christmas music all day and lost his voice from days of endless talking and selling. He missed his wife, his kids, and the many things he dreamed of doing. And being a self-employed artist or craftsperson, should mean having more time and not less. So three years ago, he made a shift, and it changed his life and his family's life. Up to that point, he was doing 30 shows a year. Now he only exhibits at one or two of his favorite shows, and this massive shift happens simply because, listen carefully, how he uses his Facebook business page and the online marketing skills that he has developed over time. His Internet business increased by 1,000%. And it's rising monthly. His Facebook page increased from 757 fans to 96,000 fans in just three years, and it's still increasing. So now that he's free of the frustration of working so hard to make his business profitable, David has turned his focus towards helping others learn how to use and launch online marketing to create the same freedom and success for himself. David, welcome. Like you, I'm a big proponent of the KISS method of doing business. Keep it simple, stupid. I see so many people freezing in their tracks because they don't understand marketing and they don't know where to start. And frankly, the overwhelm is just crippling. It's good to have you here. Well, thank you, Denise. I'm thrilled to be here. And I I absolutely uh, love the KISS uh, philosophy in life in general, and I, I've been operating that way for so many years, uh, but it's never been more applicable than it is now in the day and age that we live in when there are, you know, the, when you say the word overwhelm, it's the, the reason there's so much overwhelm is because because there's so many options, so many choices, so many things that it looks like we should go down this path or this path or this path. or There have just never been so many options like there are now. And if you're not familiar with, um, you know, what to do or what, what is going to work, you, you literally don't know where to go, where to turn, where to start, where to focus. Is this going to be worth my time and effort? And that's really where I found myself for years when, yeah, I mean, the internet, internet's been around for a long time. I was doing shows and the internet was around. <laughs> and I was looking at the internet saying, there's got to be a way to make this work. There's got to be a way to make this work. And for years, I just put it off and put it off and put it off. And then I finally said, you know what, 
I'm smart enough to figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. And so that's what I did. I kind of hunkered down and, and forced myself to uh, to dive in. And, and, and when you say figure it out, it really is trying to uh, get to a place where you can Stay kind of a what I call it is staying in your own lane. You you find a lane that works. You stay focused and you just do the things that move the needle, and not get distracted. Don't chase the shiny objects. And and you know is it possible to actually find that lane? And will that be profitable? Is it sustainable? You know I had these requirements when I came to the internet. It was you know can I can I sell my work online? and replace my on the road income. That was number one. Is that even possible? And can I do it for less expense, less time, less effort than it costs to do it the way I'm doing it now? And it, it, and then the third part was, can I make it sustainable? Is it something I can count on into my future? And so those were my requirements going in. And um, and I was pleased to find out that yes, 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 <laughs> you can. <laughs> you can check off all those boxes. And I'm so glad you mentioned shiny object syndrome. I'm a web developer by trade, and I do mm-hmm. social media marketing, digital marketing for my clients. One of the probably the most consistent part of working with a particularly a new client and when I'm consulting with them, is yanking them back from that shiny object yes. ledge. It's like, no, yeah. no, no. Exactly you right. haven't I, given I what you're doing. Yeah, it's in, they, I mean, there's, there's a lot of advice out there, and a lot of it, I'll be very honest with y'all, the audience, don't listen to it. A lot of it's mm. garbage. But here's the thing. If you haven't given, if you haven't done what David just said, find those three things that you need to do, and you give it a, you know, good old college try, and you keep switching off, you're kind of in trouble. It's not going to work. Right, right. It, it, it's, it's so important to to really just understand why it works. One of the things that I found fascinating as I started uh, delving into online marketing is how much of the real-world experience that I that built up over 35 years of doing shows, how much of that was applicable to a successful online marketing effort. And when you recognize that, and that and that's what, what I do with all of my marketing and what I teach my students, is how to weave in in a strategical way. You weave in these strategies, but you what you're weaving in is an understanding of human psychology, an understanding of a fan-artist relationship, an understanding of why people like to connect with other human beings, and when you when you weave that together with algorithm understanding and AI understanding, and then a focus staying in this one lane, that's when you win, because that's what the, the, the internet really is just this amazing tool, and the things that are on the internet, like whether it be social media platforms or or algorithms that are underlying these platforms, those are all just tools, and they're, the, these tools magnify your ability to reach out. I mean, that's really what it is. When you load up a van and drive to an art show, the van is a tool. The show, the promoter, those are tools. The promoter brought attendance to this show. You know, you've, you've set up a booth and you, you exhibit your work. The whole reason you're there is you're trying to get in front of some very specific people. And you're hoping that if you did everything right up until the point at which the show begins, that you will be in front of enough of these very specific people that you'll sell a decent amount of your work and make a profit. 
Well, the Internet, when, when used properly, allows you to get in front of very, very specific people in a massive way. And so when you recognize that, that's, that, then you learn how to use this powerful tool. But if you don't bring anything to the tool, if you don't bring your personality, if you don't bring your understanding of why people even care about you or your work or your brand, if you don't bring any of that to the equation, then this it's, it's kind of like going into Home Depot and buying some, some nice shiny new tools that you don't know how to use. <laughs> You're just going to waste a lot of money. Done that. Yep, done that. <laughs> I'm a girl. So I have a girl toolbox. Half of that crap. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I need a handyman now. I've got these wonderful tools. I've got YouTube. I don't want to do this. I need a handyman. So there, there right. comes a point where you have to say, this is not my lane. That's right. That's right. And, and, and once you figure out, okay, I can actually handle this. I can handle this, this simple lane. There's only a few things to do here. I can understand why they work. And now I just kind of implement strategies. And it's, it's not complicated. Having online success is not complicated but because when you boil it, boil it down to its simple ingredients, it's really putting the right thing in front of the right people. And that's what I did for 35 years on the road. You know, I'd show up to a show usually two days in advance, and I'd take two days to build my booth because I wanted a booth that would make people say, wow. And so why did I want a booth that made people say, wow, because I would stop more people in their tracks than a booth that didn't make them say, wow. So more people would turn their head. That's a higher conversion rate. If you want to use online marketing lingo, I had a higher conversion rate at my shows at all the levels of the funnel. So if you want to talk about sales funnels with online marketing, right? Well, what's a, what's a funnel in the real world? Well, if I'm walking down the streets of Sedona, Arizona, and your window display stops me in my tracks, well, that's the first step in the funnel. I was cold traffic walking by. Your window display, which is the home page of your website or possibly a Facebook ad, your window display caught my attention and I stopped. Well, what's the next thing I do if I'm in Arizona walking down the street? The next thing I want to do is I want to walk through the door. So I want to come into your world. So I've got to be able to find your door. That's the, the, the click here button. Or on a website is, is, do I know where to go next from a home page? Do I know where to enter this website, what, how to get to the right place? And then when I come into your world, when I come through that front door, the very next thing that has to happen is I have to have a confirmation that I made the right choice. So I need a confirmation that what I saw on the window display is inside the store in, a, in kind of an exciting way. So I reconfirm that I made a good choice. So I'm like, wow, this place is amazing. At the show, you know, it's like, wow, my booth would stop their attention. They'd come closer and they'd see more detail and things that, were, that interest them. And so on your website, the second page, the deeper page, when I click into a category, is it just a boring list of inventory? You know, is it just picture after picture after picture? I can't tell if you're a painter that paints, you know, eight-foot beautiful canvas that will go over my sofa or if it's a note card because there's no context. You know, what does the second page of your website look like? All these things are just, they're, they're so important. And so that's, you know, kind of real-world sales funnel, online sales funnel is, you know, what are you doing each step of the way to keep people thinking, wow, this is amazing. 
this artist is amazing. This brand is amazing. I want to I want to come into the world and I want to do business with them. And see, you are making my point for me, whether you know it or not. When I say there's a lot of garbage on the internet, there's a lot of really bad advice. Facebook groups oh are notorious oh for this. I mean, I lurk in a couple of podcast Facebook groups, and I think I've shared with you before when we were having our, our pre-interview, I'll never need a facelift. Seriously. I read some <laughs> of this stuff. My eyebrows go straight up to my hairline. I look like I had a really bad face. You know, you've seen somebody's had too many facelifts. She's got this chronically surprised look. That's how I look half the time. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? What? You don't even – you've been a podcaster for, oh, 12 minutes. Sit down and shut up. So my point is, after I had my little rant there, is that when you are looking for people to follow and learn from, find people like David who have done it and can prove that they have done it and so articulately can, you know, say, hey, this is how it's done. This is how I've done it. I can help you. Find experts for crying out loud. It's not difficult to do. We're everywhere. Yes, you know, the problem with the Internet with people dispensing advice is there's so many people out there that learn how to use the shiny objects. Mm-hmm. And so there are, there are just all these tech people, I call them. They're tech people and they're marketers. And because, you know, the Internet is such a big marketing uh, ecosystem, there are all these shiny objects to to create advertising or or to use a widget to analyze advertising or to 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 uh, set up uh, something that will help you post things on multiple platforms. But anyway, all of these fall into the same the same bucket for me. And those are the shiny objects, the tools and and the whiz bang things <laughs> and there are a whole bunch of people that want to show you how to use them and they want to take your money to show you how to use them and the problem with those those things those shiny objects is they do not equal success what what equals sustainable online success is an understanding of why people do what they do why do people why do people that's why I always use real world analogies why do people walk into your store why do they stay in your store why do they buy something in your store that costs 3 times as much as they can find it somewhere else and when you start understanding the foundational ingredients there to why people connect with a fan, they connect with an artist, they only want to buy from you. They'll defend you on the Internet if someone says something bad about you because they feel like they're connected to you. Why do humans do that? And when you start understanding that, and that's what happens when you spend 35 years in the real world selling to people and, and having conversations with people and understanding why they became a fan of yours and why they share your work with all of their friends. When you understand that and you bring it to the Internet, that will, number one, it will let you understand how you can build a sustainable online business. And number two, it will absolutely, by default, keep you from chasing anything. No shiny object syndrome at all because you'll recognize, okay, there's a couple of platforms I can use, uh, and I can stay in this lane, I can keep it simple, and I can just grow this massive fan base like I never could in the real world. I can get in front of so many people that sheer momentum will take over at some point, and I have this absolute sustainable business. And it it just it's absolutely fab, fabulous. When I recognized what I had found, 
I thought, oh my God, this is absolutely amazing. That's that's why I started talking with other artists about it. You know, I was doing shows, I do 35 shows a year, and uh, artists, as I started dropping my shows, artists that I would see at many shows, I started just seeing at a few shows, and they said, you know, David, how is there is there something wrong with you, or you know, you having a health challenge or something? We don't see you as many shows. And my answer was always the same. My internet business is exploding. And then the next question, the logical question was, well, what are you doing? And it's not a simple answer. What are you doing? Well, you know, I'm, I'm using Facebook. I'm using Instagram. But I'm also doing this and this and this to make those platforms work. And even though the things that I'm doing are simple, it's kind of like a recipe is the way I describe it. So it may be a simple recipe, but if you leave out one ingredient, you're going to have an epic fail. And so that's why I decided to to, to uh, create an online course. Is I wanted to be able to uh, show people in, in as if I was sitting at a computer with them. That was my ideal. Was I could sit down with an artist at a desk, open up two computers, and, and spend three or four or five hours, and I could show them exactly what I'm doing. And, and and I thought, all right, what's the next best thing to that? Well, videos, video lessons where I'm showing people and talking into the microphone and explaining why this works and how you connect these dots together. And if you do this and you do this and you do this, your sales explode. And so that was the whole drive behind creating the course. It was I wanted people to absolutely see the the myriad of ingredients and how they all work together to make this work. And I love that you use the word recipe. I love to cook. I'm actually a very, very good cook. I'm an instinctive cook. I cook by the seat of my jeans. Baking, not so much. You have to follow directions. I don't like to be told what to do. So baking is not in my wheelhouse. I fight with my GPS system, though, too. She's not the boss of me. <laughs> but you're right. And, you know, as a marketer and as a web developer, you have got to follow those paths. And if you leave out something, it may sound, you, you may not know that you're leaving it out, or it may be, oh, I don't think I really need that today. You need it today. You really do. Because right. if you right. don't have that recipe, and more importantly, which is what I'm hearing you say, the reason why you need to follow that recipe, the explanations, the real world, you know, explanations, you're going to get lost. You're going to get lost in the weeds. You're going to miss it. Then you're going to be back in shiny object syndrome because you didn't make a million dollars your first year. So off you go to another platform. It's sad. I see it all the time. Yeah, it really is. And and what happens is, is, People draw the wrong conclusions is what I see all the time. You know, I, I've heard people say, you know, hundreds of times, Facebook doesn't work. And I always say, what do you mean by that big blanket statement, Facebook doesn't work? And and the thing is, they, they just usually are missing one important thing. And sometimes it's more than one thing. And most of the things that people miss, especially small brands, and I don't know why small brands have such a hang up with this. Uh, but they they come to internet marketing and they put on what I call their marketing hat. And all of a sudden, you're no longer the person you would be if I bumped into you in the real world. If I bumped into you at your art art, art festival, or if I I've walked seen into that. your store, you know, you're right. You all that. of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden they're a brand, and you don't even recognize them as somebody that you used to chat with on, you know, different exactly. platforms. All of a sudden, they're almost inaccessible. 
Mm-hmm. And, and they have, and they uh, have the marketing speak and, you know, the writing sales copy. I mean, I don't use sales copy. When I, when I create a Facebook ad, it, it contains zero sales copy, even though the copy I use is sales copy. But, but it's not sales copy. I use customer testimonials as my sales copy. And so it's not me saying anything about my brand. It's my customers saying something about my brand. And one of the things that customers use when they write a testimonial or a, or, or a review is they use real words. They use real mm-hmm. They don't exactly talk right. like a marketer talks. And, you know, we're getting to the point where – and. I love marketing. I love to watch it. I've invested in a lot, you know, from, you know, the big gurus. Sometimes I wonder why I did, but I've done it. You know, there it is. But here's the thing. If people cannot connect with you at an emotional level and a trust level, you can copy all you like. And it's just not these days people are like, Look, I'll read something, and I know instantly that was a copywriter. It didn't come from, insert guru name here. It's copied. And my hackles go up. You know, I'm just now Mm -hmm. these days, if I don't get to know who you are, know you, like you, and trust you, I'm like, "Mm, nothing. I mean, it sounds great. Your copywriter did a terrific job, but I'm not buying And I think a lot more people at some level, whether they recognize it or not, they're kind of going, ah, this doesn't feel right to me. That's exactly right. It's just so prevalent on the Internet. Even the brands that are trying to be authentic, you know, (laughs) just think about that sentence. We're trying to be authentic. I laugh. (laughs) That's a good thing. And you see it all the time. I had muted, but I was laughing. Yeah, it's it's just it's uh, it's just rampant on the internet. Now, the advantage that small brands and artists have is that you don't have to try to be authentic. You just need to get out of your own way and be authentic. You know, do what you would do in the real world. Do what you would do at a at an art opening or an art festival or a farmers market. You know, just be the person you are. And when you we've never had uh, a greater opportunity to put the true version of your brand out there to the world. It's, it's never been available. You know, if you think about uh, life before the Internet, it, every, everything from a marketing standpoint, standpoint was uh, print or radio. And, and so in print, you, you know, it's hard to get authentic in print. You just have, you know, that maybe a headshot of you, you know, some, a slogan about your business, uh, you know, business size, size card ad in the back of a magazine that hopefully somebody flips to that page and, and calls your 800 number, and maybe you send them a catalog, and then maybe they call you back. I mean, what what marketing used to be just a few short years ago uh, is absolutely insane that anyone could survive doing that kind of marketing. You can take out your phone today and, and go on a Facebook Live and talk to your fans and ask them questions and respond to their their questions and and you can do that you could then turn that if you do it right i i teach my students how to strategically do a facebook live that can run as an ad for three to five years and it's insane what happens when you do that i've I've helped restaurants double their business overnight just by a couple of the strategies that i teach and they all fall into the same category it's about being real, it's about being authentic, and it's about being strategic. Because one of the things I mentioned earlier is, 
you're bringing this this real real world understanding of of why people do what they do. You're bringing it to the internet where there are these incredibly powerful tools, but you have to understand how the tools work. And more importantly, and I don't really want to phrase it that way, because it's not so much about being technically savvy and understanding which buttons to switch. It's about understanding what algorithms are looking for so that they can do the best job for you. So the AI is amazingly powerful, and the algorithms that run these platforms are really powerful. And they will do things that the human brain can't even do if you know the, the right things to feed them. So I teach a lot of strategical things in my course about doing things because I know the algorithms are looking for this. Say this because I know the algorithm will look for the response to that. And when you feed the algorithm the right things, then all of a sudden you could spend a dollar a day on a Facebook ad and get a $10 a day reach because you were just smart about what you did. So it's not about the switches you threw. It's about maybe the words you said or or the video you created, or the, the, the image you used, you were smart because you understood what the algorithm will do with it next. And that's a big question with people. I mean, algorithms just scare the bejeebers out of most people because <laughs> they, and I'm one of those people, like, oh, geez, what they do now? <laughs> What's up? But, but the thing is, you have to pay attention to them because they're constantly on the move. They're constantly being refreshed, updated, improved. You have to really pay attention to what AI, artificial intelligence, is doing for you. It's important. So that leads me to, and I'm, we may go into this a bit, you know, you're going to have to come back again. We're not going to get all the <laughs> I love way it. I'm so, you know, I have to invite you back because there's I have so many questions, and I'm doing it on the radio, so you can't tell me no. So there's that. So That's right. Anyway, I love it. So good. I'll get you to come back later in the year. But and that leads me to one of my my questions that I had written down. That's you hear this a lot. I don't like tech. I don't understand online marketing. I really don't understand algorithms. What do you say? Well, I mean, first of all, you don't need to understand tech. I mean, you probably know understand more tech than so many people just by being able to operate your phone. Uh, so oh. tech is not – and it, it's so easy to learn the simple tech that, that you use. It's uh, – you know, things have gotten so intuitive, these platforms. And, and like I say, if you stay in a lane and you just get familiar with one thing, it's amazing how how familiar you'll become with an interface and what to do. And then when you have someone show you, you know, what I do uh, – uh, whenever I'm trying to learn something online, so many people do this, is, you know, you search it. You go to YouTube and you find a video until so you'll solve that problem. But obviously what I do in my course is, uh, you know, I show everyone exactly what to do and why to do it. And I show them all the things to stay away from. And that's one of my favorite things to do is push things off the table. I don't need all of these things. I only need to use these. Uh, but the, the tech, number one, is not complicated. Number two, when it comes to algorithms and AI, once you start understanding what, what the algorithms are looking for, you know, I'll give you a quick example. If you were to say, what is the, uh, the, the Facebook algorithm looking for, or, or even the Amazon algorithm for that matter, most of these algorithms are looking to keep the users of the platform happy. And so they want to show the users, right, exactly. 
And so showing the users things that should be of interest to them. And so once you start understanding what they're looking for and what they will do when you feed them the right information, uh, then all of a sudden you are in the driver's seat of what happens with things that you post, and especially when you start running advertising. It just, it, 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 it's really a game changer because I, mean, I see so many people, they post things and they're like, wow, you know, it doesn't get any reach. Uh, Facebook changed its algorithm, nothing gets reach anymore. And, and that's not true. What is true is the algorithm's looking for something you did not give it. And if you gave it the right thing, the reach would be through the roof. And so, you know, the reach on my Facebook page is insane because I know what the algorithm's looking for. So how do you go find, I mean, I'm, in, I'm going to go to Google. I'm going to say, okay, what does Google say about podcasting? Do I need to mm-hmm. narrow it down to podcasting hosts, podcasting? You know, there's so many different levels. How do I start? Right. I mean, for podcasting, what I would do is I would be looking for a better understanding of my audience. What is my audience looking for? What are some of the key things? Are there are there subjects that are always really popular? Are there uh, okay. are there you know maybe individuals that I I really need to get maybe a, a certain name? But what I would be looking for is is really along the lines of of subject matter, and then I would be doing I would I would be using a Facebook business page and possibly Instagram to promote my podcast. So I would, uh, I would even, if I were you, I know you don't like to go on camera. So I would no. do a Facebook, I would do a Facebook live, not on camera. Okay. So your Facebook live is showing, let's say your computer screen on the podcast, on your, on your, your website homepage and you're behind the camera and you're talking and I would talk about my next exciting interview and why is it exciting. exciting. And the reason I would do the computer screen is because you're going to be sending traffic to that page probably to learn more. And so you're, you're giving them a visual of where they're going to next if they were to click the learn more button on your ad. So your Facebook Live, first of all, you do it live because a Facebook Live will get the biggest reach of any post. Second of all, you can put a call to action button on that. So it could be a learn more button and you can turn it into an ad. And then if you're scrolling through your homepage screen, that is subconsciously making someone else want to do that same thing. So they want to click the button. They want to go to your website. And then what I would do once I post that, I would then turn it into an ad at a dollar a day. And I would get incredibly specific with my targeting. And that's, that'll change the game. Because I always say it like this, and I said it earlier, when you put the right thing in front of the right people, the next logical step happens. Okay, so you have to ask yourself the question, what is the right thing? Is it just a, a text post that talks about this exciting interview that I'm doing with Oprah Winfrey next week? Or... Is it a Facebook Live where you took out your phone, you you filmed your screen, and you're talking about how excited you are that you finally landed this interview with so-and-so? And and I'll tell you, it's night and day between those two posts. So the Facebook Live will be insane. So, so again, when I say putting the right thing in front of the right people, 
So the Facebook Live would be the right thing. And then you have to say, who are the right people? So now that's all about laser targeting, layering your targeting, and getting really smart in that part of uh, Ads Manager. And I teach a lot on that. In fact, I'm teaching a coaching call um, next Wednesday uh, all about this new tool that's inside of <laughs> one shiny object I actually like. Uh, it's this new tool inside of Facebook Ads Manager that is just insanely powerful when you combine it with everything else that I teach about uh, laser targeting. And I'm, you're going to have to text me or send me a note and tell me what that is. Um, I really like that you said Facebook Live for people who don't get on camera. Listen, I'm intensely camera phobic. I have been since I was five years old. Thank you, Grandma. And I'm very, very private. You are never going to find pictures of me on the Internet. They don't exist. But I get by because I've been doing right. this for a long, long time, and people don't even question it anymore. In fact, given you know the lack of privacy, a lot of people are saying, you know, I wish I hadn't put all that stuff out there. It's mm. too late. You did it. But I didn't even think about it, and thank you for this. It never occurred to me that I could do a Facebook Live with just my screen. It just never occurred because I'm so adamantly opposed to you know getting on camera that I just avoid all mention of it practically. So thank you for sharing that. That's brilliant because I'm not alone. There are a lot of people who do not want to be on camera for any reason. I totally agree. Even a YouTube channel. I mean, if you, if you yep. think about YouTube and you think all video, but I follow some YouTubers, that you, YouTubers who are never on camera, and I'm on their channel almost every day because their content is so good. And I don't need to see them. As long as if you're create, and they're they're not even creative with their content, but I just I like the content. But you could get so creative with your content. You could have the microphone. You could have the studio. You could have the computer screen, and and you really could be showing people things that uh, you know enhance the the viewing uh, dynamic when they're watching one of your YouTube's. But your content is the audio content. And there are a lot of YouTube videos out there that are uh, serving up really solid content that do not have the host on the screen, on camera. On camera. Do me a favor. When we get done, email me some links to those. You bet. And listen, I'm one of those people. I tend to avoid YouTube because I don't like video. Mm. It's boring. You can't make me sit in front of a movie. I mean, I'll go to sleep or I'll go watch, you know, I'll go wash dishes. I mean, movies just bore the bejeebers out of me. TV has always bored me. Give me a stack of books. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. But I didn't even think again about YouTube and I'm a marketer. I used to be. I was before we started <laughs> this call. Now I'm feeling, okay, well, I've got things to learn. So thank you for that. Again, you know, this, this learning, this understanding that I have for, for how to use the Internet is it really is from coming at the Internet the way I did. You know, I had all this real-world experience, and the Internet was basically nothing to my business life until I decided that there had to be a way to capitalize on this powerful tool. So I've always looked at it as a tool. How do you use this tool to to get to where you're trying to go. And I always had a very solid understanding of where I was trying to go. It was pretty simple in my mind. If I went to an art festival 
and it was a good festival, something I researched and found out this is a, a, an established show. It, it pulls in a great uh, a demographic, and people have raved about the show for years. It comes highly recommended. You know, I would go to a show, and while I'm at that show, I would know that if there were 50 versions of this show going on in every, you know, one in every state in the country this weekend, and if I could clone myself and put myself at all of those events, I would have a fantastic year. <laughs> and I would only have to do one show a weekend with my 50 clones, my 49 clones. And so I recognized that what the Internet was was my ability to do that, my ability to get in front of the right people all around the country. And then it was a matter of can you do it for the, for the right amount of money? You know, can you, can you do it for limited expense? Can you do it in a way that makes it sustainable? And that's another huge component that marketers never talk about, and that is growing a – they rarely talk about this – but growing a community, growing a fan base, using the power of social proof and the power of these platforms that were built by other people for you to use for free where you can actually corral people and have access to these people all the time. So you have this fan base that's just growing, 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 and you can – Access them whenever you want and ask them things, ask them to do things. You can you send them to your website to buy something special. I mean, I do limited edition releases almost every week and drive thousands of dollars worth of business just because I decided to tell my fans something. Like, hey, I have this. And boom, they go to the website and they buy. And so it, it's just absolutely remarkable what happens when when you really have a grasp of why humans do what they do why there is this thing called a fan artist relationship and then you use these tools these very simple tools you stay in this lane and all of a sudden your business just grows it's it's just such a beautiful thing i was thrilled that it worked because i was a little skeptical coming to the internet and and whenever i talk to people who are skeptical i always know the problem because i had the same problem myself and that is, you look at the internet, and it's just this vast, giant thing. It's got so many, there's so many different ways you can go. And you think, there's no way I'm going to be able to figure this out. There's not enough time and money for me to test everything. So how will I know that my efforts put forth down this road today are going to even be worth my time and effort. And I think a lot of people just give up, and they and they they give up be, before they start, and they say, you know what, it's it's impossible to figure out. I don't have the time or the money or the talent or the technical capability. <laughs> you know what's so funny, Denise? I have most of my students are in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and I even have at least six students that are in their 90s that are Aww. doing what I teach. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, you're – oh, I love that. I saw a, a post on Facebook, I think it was last night, from a friend of mine. And it was, a, you know, it was something that he witnessed. He saw an 86-year-old man coming out of a um, music store with a brand-new guitar. <laughs> and I understood exactly what he was saying. It's, oh, and I just fell in love with that. This guy, age doesn't matter. He's got a brand new guitar, and he's going to do something with it. By golly, loved yeah. it. 
Oh, that is wonderful. And what you just mentioned a bit ago is analysis paralysis. We're all guilty of it. We look, we think, we take advice, we take good advice, we take bad advice. Then we start trying to put it all together in our heads and we're like, (laughs) you quit breathing for a while. I've done it. You know, I'll do it again tomorrow probably. (laughs) Exactly right. It happens. I mean, you don't know what you don't know, which leads me back to what I said much earlier, find experts. But you've been doing this, and and I love what you said about the psychology of, you know, working with people and understand people and understanding that relationship. And so many marketers don't quite understand yet that there is a relationship. You don't want somebody to buy something from you once. You want to have that ongoing fan base, if you will, that relationship where they really love what you do, no matter what it is. They trust you. They respect you. They're going to refer you. You know, they're your little army of salespeople. And they're going to stay engaged with you. And that's what I think a lot of marketing courses just completely miss. Completely they miss do. It. They totally miss it. And, and I think they miss it because there's so much that you can share with someone. If you want to teach someone something, there's so much that you can share about the tool. I mean, the tools are amazing. They're absolutely amazing. And so there's a lot. I could show you all kinds of whiz-bang things in the back end of Facebook or Instagram. And I could show you more things that are in the back end of these these platforms that I don't use than, than I do use. Uh, and so I think what happens with so many marketers is they get caught up in the excitement of showing you how to make a tool work. And what happens is you, you miss the biggest component, which is the human side of things. And without the human side of things, the the tool can only do do what the tool does. And, you know, it's it, it cannot replace... a human understanding of why people do what they do. You know, if you think about, uh, you know, some of the most uh, talked about restaurants or movies or books or, you know, the little vacation spot nobody knows about, the thing that they all have in common is the authentic nature of what they are. You know, the, the restaurant that nobody knows about, but, the you know, the, the owner is the chef and, and she's been cooking, you know, uh, family recipes all her life. And the, the food is just out of this world. And you gotta, you've got to go on Thursday night when she's doing this, this, this special dish that only she knows how to make. And, and, you know, those are the kinds of stories that we remember from real world life. <laughs> and if you understand if you if you kind of reverse engineer what's involved there, why are people talking about that restaurant? Why do people go out of their way to recommend it to their friends? Why is it such a unique thing? When you reverse engineer and understand the ingredients there, and then you find those in your own brand and bring those to the online space, that's when you have just opened up this magic box on the Internet, and you're going to have wild success. Because the tools are really powerful, but don't get overly excited about the tools. Just know that they can do the job for you better than you could ever do it, but bring the real you, bring your brand to those tools and stay focused, stay in one lane, and you will be so happy with the results. It's just absolutely amazing how it changes brands almost overnight. And listen, I'm a techie nerd. I'm known as the nerd in stilettos. I build websites in my sleep. And I agree with you. Do not 
hit every single thing that comes up. I'll look at some of these things and go, oh, that's cool. I make, you know, I might be able to use it for this client. Not touching it for me, it doesn't matter. So you have right. to be able right. to look at these different tools in these different areas and almost instantly say, not for me, not now, maybe later, but, mm, you know, right. I don't maybe need right. to go touch that right now. It's just not where I'm at. But something that you just said is so, so important because you want people to kind of reverse engineer who they are, what they bring to the table, what their story is. Listen, that's probably the toughest thing you've said mm. because – Half the time, we don't know why we do what we do. We just right. do it. We're, you know, we're, we know what we know. We're very good at it. And I'll give you an example. I had a, a customer client, actually. It's another digital marketing company in California who wanted to be able to refer somebody like me for, you know, things that they don't necessarily do in their in their their agency. So they said, well, Denise, you know, we had a big talk and we liked each other. And, and they said, okay, can you put what you do into a document? It took me two days because I didn't realize everything that I know and everything that I do. Then I had to take that document and start striking out. I don't do this anymore. I don't want to do this. I don't even like this. This is not my wheelhouse. When I got that two-page document done, I was like, well, holy geez, you don't know what you don't know. And I had to really sit with myself and figure out where my strengths are, what it is that I bring to the table, why I do what I do, and where I'm really, really good, and where I'm like, eh, don't want to do that no more. I'm done with that. So, you know, you have to really sit with yourself and understand who you are and bring your to the table. And that's tough. That's really difficult. It is. And and I have a, a hack that I teach my students, and it's to take all of your customer comments, all of the reviews, all of the things that people have said about your, your work, you and your work over the years, and, oh. and just kind of sit with them and read them and see what your customers are saying about you, what your fans are saying about you. In fact, I said earlier how I use customer reviews for sales copy. And the reason I do that is because it's, you know, authentic language coming from a user. Uh, book reviews, uh, I have two daughters who are both authors, and I do all of their marketing. And every single ad that I run is a book review. So it's the words of the reader talking about their work. But if you, there's two things going on when you, when you, I always describe it this way. You, you want to mine, you want to mine your Ooh. customer reviews for exactly. gold nuggets, right? And what happens is you, you're finding there's two things happening. You're learning about you and your brand and what part of you and your brand resonates with your customers, but you're also learning about the type of impact that you're having in other human lives. And when you start understanding that that is a that's probably 70% of your marketing message has to contain the type of impact that you have in other people's lives. So a lot of people think that the marketing message especially when you're trying to be authentic and and organic and real that you have to share your story and and it's about your story and people are going to connect with you because of your story. That's partially true. But the bigger piece that people connect with is how what you do will affect them in a positive way. And what
And when you can put that component in your marketing, that's when everything changes. So, you know, if you think about it in the simplest form, it's, you know, when a restaurant is is trying to entice you to come into the restaurant, their ads are going to show you, uh, let's say, a sizzling steak with a glass of wine and some candles lit on the table and asparagus and hollandaise sauce. You're going to see the complete meal with the, the atmosphere of the restaurant. That's what's going to draw you in. It's not going to be in the kitchen where the owner of the restaurant is talking to you about the cuts of meat that he buys from the butcher and and, and his, you know, just the, the mechanical understanding of how he makes the restaurant uh, work. It's going to be the emotional end result. You know, what, what's in it for you as the customer? And so when you understand that about your story and, and you find it in your customer reviews, that's where all of this gold exists. And you, you then use that as your marketing material. That's how I talk about my brand. That's how I talk about my, I mean, I, I, there are so many words that I use to describe uh, my art that came from my customers. They were not words that I normally would have used, but my customers used them again and again and again and again. And so I thought, huh, then this must be what they receive from what I create. And so you really want to do that. As a small brand, you want to look for those gold nuggets and use those in your marketing message and uh, and always contain what what your brand, what your work does, how you have this positive impact on other people's lives. You know, what is that impact? What is it doing for other people? You know, David, I think I knew this, but I haven't put it into practice. Mm, yeah, I a lot will of now. Yeah, it's it's something I don't think we I don't think we instinctively think about it. And no, I I think when somebody comes along and reminds us that. Our story is important in our marketing message. I think that that is easy for us to intellectually get. We say, okay, well, that makes sense. Of course, you know, whenever I'm at an event, uh, people will ask me questions about myself. And so my story does matter to them. That's obvious. But what's more important, and and you you learn this from, from reading reviews, whenever you read reviews, Every single review will contain almost universally a, an emotional element of how you impacted that person. So the, if you look for it, you'll see it. If you read book reviews, if you read product reviews, you, you, you rarely see people raving about the mechanics of a thing. They typically rave about the effect that it had on them the emotional effect, the emotional impact, the positive benefit in their life, how you had a positive, how you or your brand had a positive impact on someone else's life. That's something that's so important to remember. It really is. And, you know, I do a lot of website consulting, as you can imagine. And the first thing, the first thing I always have to tell people, it's not about you because I'll say, okay, who is your audience? Oh, everybody. No. That's the wrong answer. They are not. And then we de- you know, go a little bit deeper. But once they understand that when, and you used this term earlier, when people walk in the front door of your website, that's a term I use all the time. You've got to be welcoming. You have to draw them in because it is about them. They came to you for a solution 
or a product or advice or whatever. Why, it doesn't matter why they're there, but you have to be able to give them what they're looking for. And that goes, you know, back to AI and, you know, how you're going to present yourself too. But it's not about you. It's everything is about who you are inviting into your online world, everything. And I think people need to really, really pay attention to that. But, you know, you're talking about reviews, which I think is absolutely brilliant, and I can't believe I missed that for myself. And the weird thing is, David, I do it for my clients. I don't don't know why I hate myself, but apparently I don't (laughs) love myself very much. But, you know, it's always that, uh, you know, I can do this for other people, but I'm not so good, you know, doing this for myself. So I'll go back to work for other people. But the thing is, I mean, I – on Facebook last night, somebody had, uh, this was an old post and, you know, you go back into Facebook and it's like what you were doing this day 10 years ago, whatever it was. And this just tickled me because somebody had sent me, they, and I hadn't even built their website, but they knew me well enough to say, hey, can you go into WordPress and fix this? Can you take a look? I'll be happy to pay you. They didn't need to pay me. It took me five minutes. But the thing is, when she sent me the login, my login username was Denise, my hero. I love that. That's so cool. That's so cool. No, you know, it's like, okay, that's terrific. And things like that make me go, okay, apparently I have, I've had an impact somewhere. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In many, many, many many, many places. places. And that's the other thing about reviews, you know, a, a review from a single customer is really echoing the words of, of you know tens if not if not hundreds of other people who just don't gotcha. take the time to write reviews and that's interesting okay so that leads me back to one of the other questions i wanted to ask you about which is can online marketing be a natural extension of who i am and can it be fun well yeah you've you know demonstrated that over and over again yeah, it's so important that it is. I mean, if if you had one slogan or one mantra to remind yourself of what your online marketing should be, that's exactly what it should be. It should be, you know, a, 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 an extension of how you would be in the real world and a real world experience with almost in an, in an experience that was not sales related. So, you know, you're at a dinner party and someone asks you about what you do, the kind of conversation that would come out of you in response to that question is the way you should be marketing. You should be marketing in this, this casual way that just talks about your passion and desire for the, the thing that you create, whether it's a podcast or it's a, you know, a sculpture, you have a passion and desire for creating these things and these things add value to other people's lives. And when you, if you listen to the conversations that you actually have when it's casual about your business and your brand, if you could record them all and transcribe it and, and mine it for the sales copy, it's all in there. <laughs> you just have to be, you have to be smart enough to recognize, like, wow, that's where I see it all the time when I work with my students. I'm constantly saying, okay, show me some reviews, show me some customer comments. Uh, I'm looking for some headlines, and I'm like, boom, there's a headline, boom, there's a headline, boom, there's a headline. And there's headlines everywhere. There's perfect four-word phrases everywhere in your own language when you talk about your brand and in your customer reviews. And it's it's always in that, that, that casual, no pressure, I'm not trying to sell anything. You're just talking about the passion for why you do what you do and how it affects other, others' lives. 
And in all those words lie the perfect, the perfect words that belong on websites, the perfect words that belong in ads, the perfect words that belong on posts, the perfect words that belong in a bullet point list when you're getting ready to do a Facebook Live and you don't want to forget to say these five things. <laughs> That's where all these words are. And when you find these words and you create a document maybe of the ones that are the most important to you, and then just simply use those in your marketing, it because it's authentic and organic from you, that's where they originated, when you use them strategically and on purpose in copy and in scripts, it's still authentic and organic, even though you strategically used it on purpose, because the words originated from a pure place. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I just had a question pop up. I don't have reviews. I'm just not that mm -hmm. big online yet. Where can I find those magic four words? One of the things I would say is to ask your fans. You know, if you don't have reviews, you want to ask for feedback. And so wherever you can get to your fans to, to actually post something like that. So Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, if, there's, uh, if you have a blog, any place where you could start grabbing some feedback from fans and you can come up with you know, a reason I'm, you know, I'm putting together uh, a customer review page on my website. And so if any of you out there have often wanted to write me a message, but I know how busy everyone is, you know, now would be the time <laughs> to take a moment. I would be forever in your debt if you would just take a moment and, and send me your thoughts on my podcast. And so that's how I would start is I, I would just, I, I would get a couple of asks out there in, in the ecosystem and or systems wherever you, wherever your presence is and and you'll be surprised if you ask typically humans will do things when you ask them and uh in fact that's a, that's a powerful marketing uh understanding that i weave into so many of my strategies is ask ask so many things ask them where they're tuning in from when you do a facebook live well, why do you ask that do you really care where they're tuning in from well sort of i do care uh, but I know the algorithm cares because if I turn on a Facebook Live and I ask everybody where they're tuning in from, first of all, I know that humans like to tell you where they're tuning in from. And so I know I'm going to get a huge conversion rate in response to that question. So that means everybody's going to start typing. And if everybody starts typing and the algorithm doesn't know that I'm writing Boise, Idaho, or if I'm writing I love David's brand, the algorithm simply knows that this guy went Facebook Live two seconds ago, and everybody's typing all at the same time. What's going on? This is an important Facebook Live. I'm going to spread it further. And all I did was ask, where are you tuning in from? And so if you learn how to ask questions, smart questions with your marketing, you in this day and age, you know, uh, because of algorithms, because of AI, you get so much more bang for your advertising buck. You know, you could ask a, a question on a billboard or you could ask a question in a magazine ad or you could ask a question on a radio ad and it's not going to get you any extra mileage. But if you ask a question on the Internet, that's going to cause people to interact with the place where you ask the question. If it's on a Facebook post, 
there are going to be people leaving comments. And when they leave comments on a post, the algorithm takes notice. And it does something because of that. I've got off on a little bunny trail here. but <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, You ought to see me. I've got my index cards. I'm scribbling like crazy. One of my very favorite people in the world is Ben Gay III. He is a living sales legend, literally. He is also mm. the last person that Napoleon Hill mentored before his, his passing. Wow. He's cool. seriously Ben Gay III. He, every week, will say, good morning. And he'll say where he's from, which is Placerville, California. Where is everybody today? And hundreds of people, me included, will say where they're at, what they're doing. Yeah. That's all it yeah. takes. So you're right. Exactly. I mean, and I've seen him do it every week. Okay, so I know you're going to come back. So I'm you know, marking through the questions that I have not had a chance to ask you about. But now that you are free of the frustration of working so hard to make your business profitable, you have turned your focus towards helping others learn to, how to use online marketing, which is part of what you've been doing today with this podcast. And I thank you. So let's talk about where people can find you before I let you go. Excellent. Yes, I, I teach uh, what I call the artist marketing formula. And I actually teach a free masterclass every week. And you can access that free masterclass by going to Artist Marketing Blueprint. So it's artistmarketingblueprint.com is where you register for that free masterclass. And I just, I, I go, I, I usually teach for about two hours and I just go in depth and to all the different things that we're talking about today and then obviously more. I love sharing this information with, with, uh, with people, especially with small brands who are intimidated by the Internet. They're intimidated by online marketing. And I want to let them know that it's not complicated, it's not difficult, and it's incredibly rewarding when you get it right. And it, it literally will change the course of your life. And so the Internet's here to stay. Online marketing will work for small brands in a way that it doesn't work for anyone else. We actually have, I say this all the time, the algorithms online are rigged in our favor. And we could talk another half hour about why that is, but just trust me on that. The algorithms are rigged in the small brand's favor. And so if you do the things that you that you learn that the algorithms are looking for, first of all, it will come natural to you, and second of all, your brand will explode. And so artistmarketingblueprint.com is where you can register for that next free masterclass. Thank you. David, this has been terrific. And seriously, you ought to see my, my notes there. I'm going to have to sit with them and try to figure out what I wrote. I was scribbling so fast and so furious. <laughs> <laughs> it has been wonderful speaking with you, and I thank you for all of the terrific tips and advice that you've shared with the audience. And I look forward to having you come back again probably about three or four months, but we'll talk about that. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us on iTunes and honestly anywhere else you consume your business podcast. We're in Prime. We're in Audible, Stitcher. Just wherever you go, we're there. So just look for your part in Success Radio and take us along on your success journey. David, thank you so, so much. Denise, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.